This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. from the underground and it's the third Monday in the month hallelujah we're nearly at the end of the year Um, and my guest tonight is community activist left-wing veteran and anarchist Mark Baxter yay Mark comes to us all the way of course has been in my friend Stu from the wonderful metropolis of Dunedin Uh, a great place great place and so tonight what I thought we'd actually do uh, because Mark and I were talking and song about it was essentially look really at the idea of freedom of choice Um, over the past couple of months people might be aware and so on of people marching up and down streets and doing stuff like that because of the fact that they have freedom of choice to actually not or take or not take a vaccine and it's kind of interesting when you actually think about the freedom of choice um, because when you actually talk about a lot of these people, it's their freedom of choice. So the entire debate is essentially couched in things like, I have this freedom of choice. It's my freedom of choice. These are the things that I want to actually do. So it's very individually based. And what I'm interested in and what I said to Mark was, you know, essentially at one point in time, New Zealanders weren't, you know, recognised the fact that they had freedom of choice and individual rights, but they also recognised too there was a bigger issue and that was to do with the common good. And that meant that during, you know, extreme times, like for example, World War II or or something like that, people would say, well, look, we're willing to actually give away some of our freedoms for the common good for the short term, you know, while the war was on or while public health is actually going on, they'll be willing to actually do it. And it's quite interesting when you listen to these people, they're not prepared to actually do that at all. And one of the things I said to Mark was actually a, a sort of incident that my mother and grandmother related to me during World War Two. And when my mother, who was at four years old, went for her first car drive and essentially it consisted of her five-year-old boyfriend at the time releasing the brake on the car and the car rolling backwards and tipping onto its side, that none of them were hurt. But the fact is the petrol came pouring out of the car. And, of course, in World War II, petrol was a very valuable commodity. And people appeared from nowhere to help my grandfather clean it up and and basically bring out basins and pots and stuff like that because it was really crucial that people kept petrol. And they they saw that as part of helping their fellow, you know, their their neighbour. Probably the same in Brexit England with petrol currently. Yes, exactly. So... This is what I'm I'm going to pose tonight. That essentially, are these individual rights? Should they have the right to actually overrule the common good? What are your thoughts, Baxter? Uh, I, my immediate obvious thought is no. Uh, this could be the shortest radio show ever. It, uh, I, I, I'm all for individual freedoms and your own responsibility to make your own choices, but. 
it's been very difficult to say without saying words we can't say on the radio, as it turns out <laughs> after all. But you, you can't be selfish about that. The, the greater good is more important than the individual at the end of the day. And yes, you, you, you might think you have the right to walk into a restaurant and give someone a disease that will kill them, but you don't. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, you know, you, you could, you know, you could actually look at it too in terms of like the classical liberals, uh, basically, you know, I'm thinking of people like T.H. Green and so on, like this is going back to the 1860s in the UK. Before Baxter, my time. Yeah, that's right, and Baxter's raised his eyebrows already. But back then, of course, the you had the classical liberals, and the classical liberals were very, very well, very close to what these people which believe in act believes and so on like that, which is freedom of the individual. But Green, T.H. Green, he eventually uh, created what was known as the social liberals. And the idea behind social liberalism was that in order for an individual to be free, you know, to achieve their, or rather to achieve what they needed to achieve, it meant, ironically, giving up some of their rights. And what Green actually meant by that was essentially you should pay taxes there should be you know essentially the need for actually for everyone to actually have you know to to achieve what they needed to achieve there had to be freedom from poverty there had to be freedom from you know freedom from exploitation that's right exactly and that meant you know that people had to give up some of their rights ironically if you wanted that other individual freedoms and and i i don't think the right to exploit someone is a is a right i i I'd argue that's wrong right mm. there to start with. I mean, part of my my libertarian side is, sure, I should be able to do what I want to do, but I should not be able to do something that negatively affects someone else. That's that that's not freedom. That That's being selfish. Yeah, and you, you could say that, you know, essentially we do it all the time. You and I both drive. And basically, allegedly. we hop in there allegedly, and we both hop in our cars, and as a result, and so on of that, you know, we're constricted in what we can do. We can't drive, for example, if we wanted to on the well, we could on the on the wrong I, side of the road. Yeah, I, I don't like driving on the left because the government's telling me what to do. I'm, I'm going to drive on the right side. That's right, exactly. Or, you know, essentially, for example, those pesky things like stop signs. Why should we really obey seat them? Seatbelts. Yeah, I don't like being told what to do. I'm not wearing a seatbelt. Yeah. So I, you, you can sort of pick up these sort of, one could dare say, the the lunacy behind the sort of argument that, you know, if you're an extreme individual then it makes perfect sense but since most people are not and they recognize the fact that you know there was a common good here to be achieved and in this case as Baxter said not being killed by a virus um, you know or, or in fact you know significantly um, disabled by the virus because there is such a thing as long COVID which actually has a far more damaging effect and so on on people than actually that so you know they can actually suffer for it and they have been in some cases for years, you know, coming out of it, is that, you know, essentially these are the things like, you know, we will do these things, we will surrender some of our rights in the short term to get through this. And, you know, I mean, and, and, and that's where I think the entire argument and so on around these sort of ideas of individual rights and so on break down. But again, there is also something as well too, and I want to, um, you know, when did all this 
come in because you know essentially really New Zealanders never used to be this way when people talk about you know yeah yeah we New Zealanders never used to actually right they didn't and all the way up to you know, where was it I think it was 1984 when essentially a lot of Kiwis and so on at the time you know a lot of New Zealanders both Maori and Pākehā accepted that there was a common good they might not like some of the things the government did but they accepted and so on that and then virtually overnight it changed why do you think that was? Uh, well Oddly, I'm, I'm going to turn down the opportunity for a good rant against the horrible neoliberal 80s Labour government and, and just step back in the conversation slightly. And, and we do need to remind ourselves when it comes to the vaccine, not everyone's not getting it because they're selfish and I don't like being told what to do, which, which for me is the dumbest reason not to take a vaccine which the science backs up but many people also have genuine fears or, or don't understand and whatever and we've, we've just got to pause and remember we need to address those as mm -hmm. well but uh, as for where did New Zealand become selfish obviously it was 1984 and with that terrible neoliberal Labour government which um, we hate. Well I mean uh, uh, the reason I bring it in was because up to that point of course you know New Zealanders that I see where I think Bruce Jesson uh, basically described New Zealanders as broadly social democratic and then of course over the past 30 years that's completely been flipped yeah, yeah. New, New Zealand was one of the best countries in the world where in, in our Kiwi vernacular you got a fair suck of the salve and, and we did a pretty good job of that uh, until the 80s and we, we, we undid the fair suck of the salve philosophy in favour of American woo yahoo the individual woo bang bang so do you think it's actually got worse like I, I, I feel that you know it's considerably got worse in New Zealand particularly over the past 20 years and and, you know, for example, you know, there was a time when people didn't exist and didn't know that Fox News existed. They didn't actually get their news and so on from, you know, American stations. You know, we weren't continuously... Has it got worse is an interesting question. Um, I mean, clearly from the 1980s into the 90s and 2000s, it, it, it be demonstrably, uh, demonstrably got worse. But um, I, I am heartened by the fact that... This Labour government pretends that it hates neoliberalism because it knows the world and the people, the population, aren't actually that fond of neoliberalism. The last national government, despite having a record term in office, couldn't privatise anything because they knew the population would punish them for it. So all things have got worse. I think Kiwis do still have their limit. What's changed in the last few years, uh, post-Trump, I would Mm. hazard to stab um, is that the those on the extreme have become more extreme like the, the anti-vaxxers you see out there just look at the numbers they are not a big number of the population yeah. not 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 that that matters they've got yeah. an opinion and whatever as stupid as it is they're valid but they are not a big amount they're just more extreme about their view than in the past. Yeah, and I think that's, a, again, a key point and so on as well. And essentially, you know, that they are very small, but yet exceedingly vocal section of the community. And, and, and I mean, they're small, but they have the potential to grow. Like, they, mm. they're viral-like in their own, like... Um, bullshit spreads and, and um, especially when you've got the money to, to spread it and they, they, they are you know they are achieving that and that, that's why it's important to address stuff with the truth mm.
indeed. And I mean, you know, it's uh, again, you know, just going back as you said too, I think that it is important as you see because a, a number of people have actually got questions and song about the vaccines and they're not I wouldn't turn them in some cases anti-vaxxers. They're more vaccine hesitant. I know, absolutely. I, yeah. I, I am that person. I, I've, I've because I have heart disease. I was very slow to get the vax because there was concerns about clotting and so on. But uh, when I went through the actual science and uh, talked it over with my doctor, it's, it's no more risk for me than than anyone else and obviously I'd be mad not to get it because actual COVID would, would nail me. So I mean you're, you're one of these people Baxter who actually did do the research so to speak you actually did you know you read the peer review studies and you talked to the medical professionals and so uh, s- some of it yes yeah. I did it in two big chunks and because I'm on statins it didn't gel <laughs> up so don't ask me any detailed doctor questions but yeah no uh, it's it's perfectly fine for people with heart disease right yeah and I, I, I think that's the important thing in song and people get hung up and so on on I think to a number of these false narratives that actually come through and so on as well and particularly spread by um, YouTube Facebook now, of course, you know Telegraph and and Rumble. And There's a hundred yeah, that right. yeah, as old yeah, exactly. ex-geners yeah. don't don't know there. Yes, you know, and and it's it's interesting, you know, in the sense that you know these things spread and sort of um, like a virus themselves, you know, and essentially trot out these sort of false information and stuff like that. Information that thirty years ago. Uh, you know, because 30 years ago, you know, if you wanted to print, say, misinformation, you had to actually go and physically print it and then put it in a letterbox or letterbox it and so on. So it was a very slow process. Now, of course, you can actually put something on, on YouTube or Snapchat or TikTok and it's around the uh, world just you, like you that. You can pay to get it around the world like that. And that, yeah. that's literally what's happening. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's an interesting uh, sort of discussion and so on there, but I do want to return to the sort of idea of individual rights because, you know, the, the rights of people, of course, have been enshrined and sort of the enshrined, sorry, within the socialist movement and within the left-wing movement and so on too, like anarchists talked, as you well know, and so on, of, of rights and so on too. But the, the rights and so on, as, you know, and as, as someone who yourself who has anarchist tendencies, you would certainly not see the, your rights as being syndemonious with, what, say, the rights of Donald Trump or something like that. But not any sensible anarchist, that's for sure. There's there's people who call themselves anarchists who are just crazy libertarians. So y- yes, so right. so so what was the difference between a libertarian and an anarchist, just for the audience? Uh, oh no, that's that's normally should be one of my favourite uh, things. What one is something I can't say on the radio, and the other <laughs> is is a community-minded person who like an anarchists believe in freedom but they also believe in community and very much in the I, I have all my rights to do whatever and no, no one's gonna whatever but I'm, I'm not going to be a tosser to other people I'm not going to negatively affect other people's uh, rights or lives right and on that nice thought we'll have some music and then return to our discussion But when I dined for the wall and I'd set a place 
was Richard Hell, uh, the original punk uh, from 1973, 74, I think. Yeah, as his tour and so on, um, basically, um, Richard Hell and the Hell, was it the... the, the no, Mal- Mal- Malcolm McLaren said, load of rubbish, he yeah. invented it all there. Right? Yeah, apparently his tour of the UK <laughs> was, in his own words, hellish. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but um, but look, uh, we'll finish off and so on here because I see that we've got about four minutes and so on remaining. I know, exactly. Time just gobbles itself up. So... We've been discussing here for rights and song and individual choice and the common good. Any parting, you know, parting thoughts, Baxter? Uh, probably the most useful one. I, I, the most useful one. If if anyone um, is sitting on the fence on being vaccinated and they're um, j- just have a look at what the reason is why you're hesitant and uh, you can contact me through Quentin I am more than happy to discuss it as, as least judgmentally as I can if, if your reason is because I don't like being told what to do I mean really you're, you're, you're going to risk other people's lives just because someone's telling you to drive on the left side of the road or, or and if you have other concerns I'm, I'm very happy to discuss those with anyone especially me- medical concerns that that, that may be similar to my own. Mm. And I think, too, I mean, returning to that point, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't like being told what to do. Well, you know, essentially... I, I don't like being told what that's to right. do. That's right, and, and a lot of us... science and viruses are a fact, and yeah. I, I have to live with those facts, even if I don't like it. Yep, and in society, because there is such a thing as society, regardless of what Mrs. Thatcher believed, you know, that essentially we are told sometimes we can't do this and you know there's very valid reasons and this is a very valid reason why in fact you know essentially 
you know, you, you need to be, you know, basically you need to do these sorts of things. It's not the case just solely of individual choice. No one is saying in the end that, you know, all these individual, all these choices should be stripped away from you. These are temporary measures to actually get through a crisis in the same way in World War Two that they told people to ration petrol, to put out their lights. Yeah, to do all I, I don't things. like being told what to, I'm leaving my lights on when the Germans are coming over. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And it wouldn't have had any early effects. Oh, look, look at that town down there, ablaze with lights. I think we'll empty our bombs on that. And with that thought, we will leave you and so on again for this week and very quickly finish off with some Mink Deville. Good night, viewers. And it's good night from me. And good night from him. Good night. the shape you're in Finger on your eyebrow And left hand on your hip Thinking that you're such a lady killer Think you're so slick Well alright Pero usted me quita todo, ya me lo...